Because you want to live in the forefront of your times, in ideals and in sacrifice, you have elected this. Live from Madrid's Boulevard, it's Paul and Ray. I see. Cancel the search party. <laughs> Cancel the search party because we're back and we still exist. Rachel Corbet, hello and welcome to the echoiest room I could possibly find to record this in. <laughs> we're in a cave. Altian Child, where are you? <laughs> Go away, I'm crying. <laughs> oh, well, Happy New Year, Merry Christmas, all of that business. Tell me, when can we stop saying Happy New Year? Oh, I think you get to the middle of January. Yeah, I think so too. I think you're allowed every time you see somebody for the first yeah, time. Yeah, absolutely. Up until the middle of January, I reckon you can still even push it to the end of January if you haven't seen somebody yet. You can still whip out a Happy New Year, but it does seem a little f-ing ridiculous. Yeah, a little. Although, although I must say, I did get I got wished Merry Christmas. I think I just did it then, but I got wished a Merry Christmas yet last night. Pardon me. I was like, well, what? Okay, Baby Jeeba's um, birthday is done and dusted. Not, the, the, the twelve days of Christmas is over. Over, over baby. Now uh, we will get into so much update you on everything that's happened in our world, but obviously, darling. You lost your mum, mm-hmm. and uh, people have been very kind on the Facebook. You know we love you so much. Thank you. It was a very interesting, difficult, slash mildly relieving month. Mm. I mean, my mum has been sick for a long time. I'm, you know, I sort of am unaware because I didn't speak about it a great deal. So you sort of have a lot of people coming out of the woodwork that are like, we didn't even know. But it's one of those things, I guess, that you know me. I'm not one of those people that comes out and says every moment, woe is me. But there's the whole thing. This wasn't to be played out every week. It wasn't to exactly. be played out you know, on the radio over years. But this has been a, a long battle for a long yeah. time. But, you know, those moments when, you know, I don't want to say lucky because it's not lucky, mm-hmm. but anyone who's gone through the experience of holding someone's hand as as they are leaving, mm. there's something about that closeness, that intimacy, that you go, thank God I had this. Thank oh, goodness, goodness. I've had this moment just to, you know, rub your hair a little bit, to give you a kiss, to hold your hand that one second last time, third last time, and you do it a million times. Exactly, you know? exactly. And I think for me, you know, anyone who's seen somebody go through Alzheimer's, it is just a shit of a disease. Mm. And, you know, the one thing that was, I think, most horrible was that while everybody says that, you know, the person there isn't present anymore, my mum, at least in my experience, she was absolutely present there but she was overcome by this brain that was kind of carrying her a million different ways. So you Mm. could see in her eyes that she was still there. And that was kind of the hardest and most terrifying part about the whole process. But at the same time, the good thing was that she knew you were there. And luckily for me, the night before they took her to palliative care and she, you know, they put her on morphine and then she had her eyes closed until she went. I flew in late at night and I raced up there and I raced to the nursing home that she was at and I managed to see her and she saw me. Yeah, awesome. You know, so it was that moment where you think, okay, well, she knows I was there and Mm. they certainly say, and and I don't know, I must give a shout out. I don't know what this is going to do or why, but there's a place on on the Sunshine Coast, Dove Palliative Care, this unbelievable place Mm. where I cannot believe we were lucky enough to get her into where the people were just... Phenomenal, And at that time in your life when you're going through something like that, to have people like deal with you in the way that they dealt with Mm. us and, I mean, it just makes a process that is so shitty as good as it can be. But that's the thing. And, you know, and and if there are any palliative care nurses or or people listening to us right now, breast care nurses, all of those people, the way that they enter the room 
is so soft yet so reassuring. Yeah. And it's not just because your emotions are just everywhere. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. just know. And, like, we talk about this all the time, that, you know, we imagine, you know, pilots after 15 years, you get a bit bored and a bit blasé. Mm. Well, imagine the nurses that deal with this all the time. So they've seen almost every permutation of a family go through what your family's gone through. Yeah. Yet they maintain that personal connection and that personal interest all the way through, that, that you don't see anyone in those areas who walks around with glazed eyes going, hmm, how many hours to go? Exactly. And the other thing that I appreciate greatly is that when you are watching somebody pass away and it's the first time you've ever seen it, you know, this up close and personal, I mean, every single thing that happens, you're like, oh, God, yeah. oh, no. <laughs> and for them, it's like this is a part of the process. Right. We've been through this a million times before. And the thing that I love about them is that they do not make you feel bad for ringing that call bell 95 times yeah, exactly. a day. Why wouldn't you? Exactly. You know, you're like, oh, God, oh, God, there's some breathing changes. What's going on? What's going on? It's all right. Everything's fine. And they're delightful every time they come in the room. At one point, I just turned to one of the nurses and said, I can tell you right now, I know I'm being a pain in the ass and I appreciate your approach. <laughs> I want to ask you just one last thing. Yes. Which is, um, of, of the girl that we know from the radio or this potty or just, how much of that's mum? All of it. Yeah? All of it. You know the frightening thing actually and particularly in the later years that I realised because mum and I weren't super close when I was younger for a whole myriad of reasons that you've heard me go into ad nauseum mm. but I won't bore you about on this Mostly podcast. Mostly racism. Mostly racism. <laughs> I got that from mum too. Horrible racist. Horrible racist. Horrible racist. I thought that was unusual for you to mention in the eulogy but still. I... <laughs> um, so mum actually and I, when mum started to get sick and I started to look after her a lot more, her and I became a lot closer. And that incredible realisation, at that point I'd been working a long time in radio and, and, and media and I sort of never knew where the things I did came from. Mm. And then I didn't assume it was mum and then as we spent more time together and she sort of let a lot more of that part of herself out of there, I realised that I have stolen her entire higher act <laughs> the whole thing is her everything's her i had no idea but she's um, saying things and i'm like i've used that on the radio yeah you know the whole especially when she starts singing what a party <laughs> exactly. you're listening to paul and rach at the other end of the spectrum rach is uh, the little life that is my daughter little ash I left her presents at home. Oh, no, no, no. Don't give them. You give them to her. I I know. I know. I I have to wait until I go to your Mm. house. But let me just say this. What the f*** do you buy a one-year-old? Tell me about it. I've been through this process. I was wandering around kids' (laughs) stuff for so long. Just going, what? Does she want a little pulley giraffe? Does she want... What Mm. what does that do? My my theory always about, you know, super little kids' birthday presents is that you always buy something they'll grow into. Because you it up then. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn it. You got baby's first teeth, though, did you? <laughs> anyway, well, yeah, it was, it was her birthday on Christmas Day, and uh, oh, I tell you what, uh, this kid is spoilt rotten. Absolutely mm. spoilt rotten, like every damn kid is. But uh, we were up until three in the morning on Christmas morning wrapping her Christmas presents. And birthday presents. Now, by the way, we didn't just shower her, you know, with like Dolce and Gabbana, mm. you know, shoes. It was like a book, another book. Here's another book. Here's a puzzle. Here's a thing. Here's an etch sketch I'm not joking because she would get bored opening her presents. We were opening her Christmas presents a week later. Oh, wow. A week later. I don't 
mean to... No, rain on the parade, please, because it's f***ing <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> I don't mean to go back into the old Paul and Rach files, but I am pretty sure... Oh, how dare you? <laughs> ...that I can recall you saying... You don't have Perth... Yes, yeah. First of all, that you don't have a first birthday party to begin with, but secondly, that when she has the first birthday party, all you're getting her is a cardboard box. Correct. Well, this, you know, well, what a surprise. <laughs> I lost that fight in our house. <laughs> I mean, it was super cute, and like I must say, there was sort of this 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 awesome sort of daddy moment was when I was building the little tricycle thing for her, cute. and they've all got these bikes now where you know sort of the three wheeler becomes a better three wheeler becomes a two wheeler, and then eventually turns into a transformer or something. I don't know. Oh right, right but right. you know, it's like the bike you can have for the next five years, yep. which is bullshit. We'll buy another one next year, and <laughs> a better one the year after that, and the one with the MP3 player in four years. But it's yeah. But that said, um, she's worked out presents now. Like, she she hasn't worked out presents in terms of like, oh, that make me feel good. But she's worked out the whole rapping thing. So she just sits there and just... And, and, and her mother is trying to... Her mother makes it sound like we're divorced. <laughs> SK. <laughs> her mother. Her mother you, yeah. Did you go through that one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Your, mother, <laughs> your mother. Your father. Anyway. Yeah, is that uh, uh, SK is trying to get her to sort of open it nicely. And I'm like, firstly, she's one. Yeah, good luck. Secondly, rip the... F- out of the paper. Yeah. It's one of the best things about being a kid. So I'm pleased to say that this kid that already has my personality and my looks now rips paper like me. Sorry, mummy. That's an important thing to learn because I think, you know, when in later in life, there are some kids that never lose that taking the paper off very particularly. Mm. And I don't know if it's judgmental, <laughs> but when I see somebody like that, I think, I'm not sure I want to be friends with you. Yeah, exactly. You it's know? Like, why can't you be excited? <laughs> There's an OCDness that I'm thinking to myself. Are you going to reuse that paper? Yeah, is it, that who you are? Yeah. Is that where we're at? Well, that's that's why I have two storage units. <laughs> because my wife is very particular the way she opens it. Keep the guys up on the Paul and Rach Facebook page. I feel like I have notes and notes and notes and notes mm. that I have taken over the past couple of months that we haven't been doing uh, doing this podcast. So maybe it's just best if I do a bit of a note fruit section. salad a fruit salad <laughs> <laughs> remember when they used to do that yes. they used to say it's like lots of ideas at once it's either a potpourri <laughs> or it is a fruit salad let's do a Paul and Rach fruit salad alright get go- the idea neutral bullet ready <laughs> To shove as much in it as possible and then... Are you one of those people that has a Nutribullet, that PS you've never used? I'm ex- I, I'm I'm somebody who wants to buy a Nutribullet that I know I'll never use. I have never seen in my life so many clean Nutribullets <laughs> in people's houses. Yeah, you know, great. they've never, ever been used. It's a great idea, though. It's a great idea. You it know, it's, it's, it's better than buying the, the set of dumbbells that you never use. Yeah, or the ab roller that you end up putting your washing over and hanging it out to dry. At least it's a statement in the house of... Of, of an intention to eat healthy. That's exactly. The ab roller's just in the attic. I did actually, and I'll put a, f- a photo on our Facebook page. What I did with a friend's Nutribullet is I made a dark and stormy with rum in it because it was a big <laughs> cup. So I feel like christened it in a way that was terribly appropriate. Good girl. Okay, some of the top line things that I've written about. Uh, the fact that I'm a rules kid. I, during the Christmas break, couldn't even get a selfie with Santa. I'll explain this to you. We went to a uh, shopping centre in Columbia. Mm-hmm. And as we were walking by, 2.0 spied Santa 
very keen to get a photo on the lap. Really? Very keen to get a photo. Does he love a couple photo? Is he just always at all times trying to get, you know, yourself and himself a couple? No, he's not a massive couple photo person, but he loves a novelty photo. Like he sees Santa and he goes, that's one for the ages. Let's start the Christmas Santa photo tradition. So would he love going to old Sydney town and putting his head in the, you know, oh, convict face. Love. We went to Kingaroy to spend time with my cousins over over New Year's Eve. He saw, because they're famous for their peanuts in that region. He saw the couple of peanuts with the heads cut Brilliant. out. was like, that Brilliant. is a must-do on the Kingaroy <laughs> tour, sticking our heads in the peanuts and getting a photo. Brilliant. By the way, I'm not bagging 2.0 this podcast at all. Because okay. he's put in some pretty hard yards the past couple of months. He certainly has. He has proved his strength. But I'll have more to say about this next week. Good. Excellent. He gets one week <laughs> off and that's it. So we want a photo with Santa. I can, I've got to oblige. Of course. So... The problem is there's a big long line at the Santa photo and so I went up to the lady at the front of the line and I said, do we just stand in line or do we have to book a photo and then we stand in line? Was she sexy elf-like? Naturally. She wasn't terribly sexy, but she was bringing the elf part of the equation. (laughs) So she was Calandra-level stripper. (laughs) She was part-time stripper. So I went up and she said, actually, the camera's broken. We're trying to get it to work. I was like, well, poor Santa's sitting there sweating his balls off in Calandra. Yeah. But let the poor guy suffer. So we went and did a bit of shopping and we came back and there was no line. And we thought, Brill, they fixed the camera. They've moved it on through. Santa's sitting there waiting, getting ready. So we stood up and went to the front of the line. And the lady said, actually, we couldn't get the camera to work. So mm. everybody's gone and, oh. you know, they'll have to come back another time. But Santa's just sitting there. Yeah, poor Santa. He's just sitting there going. Uh, uh, <laughs> exactly. So, you know, 2.0 says... Let's just see if they'll take a selfie with Santa. Good call. On the mobile Great phone. idea. Now, I was having none of this Why? because the rules kit are Corbett. Notice that people have been standing in line for an hour to get the approved Caloundra Regional Shopping Centre photo. Yeah, for 60 bucks. For $60 yeah, no. from the camera. This is the way the pro- – you might not like it, but that's the procedure. Yeah, but hang on. But, but when the camera has broken down, you are free – to take a photo with your own device. I don't see it that way. I see it as perhaps just too much of a push to go up and ask the good people in their elf costume, would yeah. you mind just taking a selfie? So 2.0 said, I'm going to go up and ask. And I literally said... Don't, I- no, don't. Please don't. Please don't. No, don't. You know, I hate when the attention's on me. I actually said, I'm going to stand over there. Oh, you would have too. <laughs> just looking all... Because I'm going to get too nervous to hear you say that when I know it's against the rules. So I stood over in the corner so I couldn't hear him ask. Yeah. And then, of course, the lady said, look, don't tell anybody, but sneak in there. Sure. So we went in there and snuck in there and sat next to Santa. And I said, g'day, Santa. How's it going? G'day, darling. How are you? That's it. It's going Then we sit down and he's like, he says to 2.0, come in nice and close. I like boys today. Oh! I said, Santa, I hope you're keeping that gear under wraps when the kids come around. He's like, don't worry, when the kids are here, I'm very good, but right now it doesn't matter. These blokes, I swear to God. Wow. I don't want to tell them so with all... So was he a switch hitter or he just was being silly? I don't I don't know. I don't know. I But, but I have never seen more cheek than as an adult when you approach a Santa in a shopping centre. Oh, I don't understand. Look, I get it. People want to do stuff for money, but... 
It just produces surliness. Yeah. Even if it starts off nicely. Because let's be honest, my, well, everyone else's kid is a shit. <laughs> exactly. And you have a bunch of kids all day, every day, coming up, sitting in your lap. And nobody's coming up and saying, for Christmas, I wish to be a good person. Yeah. I just want a golden book that costs $2. Exactly. No, no, no. Every kid is coming up. I want the brand new motorcycle. I want this and the other thing. By the end of the day, you'd be like, all kids are f***ing annoying. Yeah, correct. By the by, I tell you what, you know, you know how the Prime Minister bangs on about innovation and all the rest of it. Oh, yeah. I want to know, the elves are perhaps the best trained workforce ever. Because mm-hmm. remember, what, a hundred years ago, they started out making, you know, wooden pulley things. Yep. Now they can make a PlayStation. <laughs> yeah. With the same magic dust tools? They're good. Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrach.com.au. Sorry, Rach, just deleting an email. Invitation to the second annual International Festival of Language and Culture. Delete. <laughs> Now, <laughs> God love him, but not interested. Uh, now, there was a gentleman who, for whatever reason, lost his penis. Uh, what? Yeah, well, it's, it's, there's a small story around. These things always happen over the Christmas break when you're not watching the media. Now, this is the bloke who, uh, remember, was on Embarrassing Bodies. He's the sort of Indian-Pakistani guy in the UK who I think there was a car accident when he was a child and his penis essentially got torn off. Oh, okay, that's sad. I feel sorry for making jokes. So, no, no, no. So, oh. what the, so the way they faked his, his pee-pee was uh, everyone, look at your left arm, the sort of skin on the forearm, when you turn it over, between the wrist and the elbow, mm. they basically sort of cut uh, a, a, section. a section, rolled it up hot dog style, put a tube in it, and they've been able to make a dick out of it. <laughs> no. Seriously. So, like, he has a pee-pee from his arm... I don't know how it works. They've put all hydraulics and Meccano in it, I presume. But that's what his PP is. Anyway, there wow. was this massive competition that was held uh, on the internet to decide... This could go anywhere. Okay, yeah. can I guess? Was it a competition to win a date with the man with the fake penis? Even better, to lose his virginity. Oh, my God. Uh, so, unsurprisingly, somebody has, of course, been picked by all of this. And she refers to it as, quote, oh the greatest honour of her life. What? That's a very odd thing to feel honoured to do. This is what I this is what I love. This is what I love that there are women in the world who work like this. Quote: um, Charlotte, who campaigns for sexual freedom and stood as an independent candidate. Okay, so she doesn't want a bit of attention. Anyway, yeah. she says, "I'm happy to help him build up confidence. Hopefully, he can then find a lovely lady to settle down with." Okay, that's not. I mean, those motives are genuine and nice. The taking the hit for the team. Yeah. <laughs> On the behalf of the female sex, would you take the hit for the team that was um, seeing whether it worked? See, you know I'm all about the emotional connection. And I just don't think you can establish an emotional connection in 25 words or less. Fair call. You know, if I've had to fill in a form and enter a competition and give you in 25 words or less why I want to have sex with somebody, I don't know that that's the strong emotion that I need to... Well, also, I, I can't help but think, okay, now I understand, you know, when, when, when you're uh, paying a small business person for their service, yeah. that there's a little bit of awkwardness, but essentially it's just you turn up, off you go. Yeah. Now, this is a normal person who's put their hand up for the task. Mm-hmm. Talk about the maximumness of awkwardness. Hi, I'm Paul. Yeah. <laughs> Your name's Rachel. Is Okay, so who makes the move? When do you go to the thing? How do, uh, And also... Uh, Anyone in, you know, any adult having sexual relationships knows that the least favourable type of sex is the sex where someone's doing you a favour. Very fair point. I thought you were going to say forearm sex. (laughs) 
You're listening to Paul and Rach. Ooh, I've got some interesting news here. Oh. I'm going to have to beep a fair bit of this, I think. Oh, excellent. So, 2.0 has a friend who was dating a guy. It was in the very early stages. I'm talking they had been on one date. So, we're hardly in the area where you can start making demands or listing things off. You're still in that let's feel each other out. Barely barely past introduction. That's it, right? Still in the, quote, feeling it out stage. Exactly. So, this guy has decided, right, if this is going to go any further, even after one day, there is something in my life that I know is a deal breaker for some people. And I think now is an appropriate time to get that out. Now, I understand that there are some people that... I guess? You can guess. There are some things that people won't budge on. I would argue the second date, before a second date, is too early for anything. So he's trying to put her through, through a test. Yes. So he's not sitting there about to confess... I went to jail for 20 years because this, that, no, and the other. Because no. that's all I'm thinking is that uh, at what point do you say, hey, there's this terrible thing in my past, just so you know, before you Google me, yes, this happened in the past. A friend of mine actually met a bloke on Tinder and had that exact situation, and I thought that he pulled the card too early because on the second date he decided to tell her that his father was in jail for murder. That's impossible not to tarnish the view. That's you true, know? But, I, but your father in jail for murder, that to me would be date, Five or six when, you know, look, there's something about me that you just don't know yet. Exactly. Oh, really? What is it? You're, you're so, oh, oh, I'm going to forgive everything. <laughs> exactly. You need to get to that point where anything is forgivable. On mm. date two, you are nowhere near the forgiving stakes. Because presumably, mm. you know, and I know it's a little bit old-fashioned here, but Rach and I do have the view that perhaps you haven't taken your pants off by this time. <laughs> Exactly. Is that you know you want to get a couple of those out of you the do. way, don't you? You do, yeah. You have to you have to establish a stronger connection. Okay, so this guy, do you want to have a guess? Okay, uh, do you shave or was it lasered? No. Oh, I was asking you. <laughs> All right. <I'm> <laughs> <laughs> hey, Chris Gale Hill all week. Uh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. No, no. Tell us what was it? Okay. I'm going to have to beat this, and I wish I didn't because I really want everybody to know how ridiculous this is. He called her before their second date and said, I just need to get out of this out of the way. I am absolutely unmovable <laughs> on the fact that I cannot be with a woman unless she Oh! <laughs> what a prick. Yeah, you had to beat that. You're listening to Paul and Rach. Hey, we mentioned it a second ago. Oh, the outrage, outrage, outrage. Chris Gale, the West Indian cricketer who, uh, you know, does a bit of 90s chat-up gear on Mel McLaughlin. Now, um, we both had a little bit to say about this this week, as you may have noticed. And Rach and I are on a unity ticket here, which is, um, for those of you who just really lost your shit about this, you need to get over yourself. (laughs) Um, You know, I did it on the telly. You did a thing in news.com.au, both of which very well received because I think the vast majority of people, when they saw it, thought awkward, weird, Weird. over the top, but not, you know... An example of the patriarchy. Oh, my God, it's just so heteronormative. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, come on. Like, sometimes things are what they seem, and sometimes things are a dickhead sportsman who lives a bit of that swing and dick lifestyle. He's got a strip club in his own house, of right? Course, this, of course. This is his, I'm, I'm not saying it's cool, but that he's one of those guys. It's that classic, I've drunk my own Kool-Aid and I think every woman is finding it a little bit hard to resist me when I walk into a room. But also, here's a couple of things that um, I had to wait till you and I could have an actual adult conversation about yeah, this. Yeah. Okay? There are a couple of things at play here. 
He is playing into, apart from anything else, the stereotype of the swinging dick, mad rooting, Mm -hmm. West Indian cricketer. Okay? But I also completely agree with you that the great missed opportunity here was just to look him in the eye and tell him to f*** off. You know the sad thing? Because Mel McLaughlin is an accomplished uh, journal. I really like her. And she Mm. seems very... I've never met her, but she seems very smart and with it. And also the way she's dealt with it afterwards where she's like, everybody, I'm over it. Let's get over it and move on. She doesn't want to wallow in the crap of it. She just wants to get on and move on with her life. But I was just bummed because I just thought, oh, that missed opportunity, Mm. that wonderful moment in between a comment like that from a douche like that where there is, I don't know, a frisson in the air. Something magical happens in that moment where I often find, and I'm not saying that I always conduct myself like I'm reading from a script written by Aaron Sorkin. (laughs) You know, sometimes it doesn't go as well as planned, but there have been most of the moments in my life where my brain and my mouth have worked in perfect synchronicity. Yeah, and the great part about it is you get to put a verbal one right on his chin and he can never undo it. That's it. And those are those moments. I don't know what it is about it. Those I, I kind of got to the stage where I almost got a bit addicted to those moments yeah. because putting somebody like that in their place is one of the most magical moments because they don't expect it. Yeah. They think they're going to get the same response. And that was the only thing I thought was it was just disappointing that she didn't turn around and say something that would have absolutely floored him. But also what I love about part of the response to to what you wrote and it's up on your uh, Facebook page which by the way go and like Rach's uh, personal Facebook page um, and we'll also post it up on our Paul and Rach Facebook page was the headline was essentially a little bit misleading about what you were trying to say Um, but what I love is all the sort of professional outrage feminist sheilas Mm -hmm. who all decided to pile into you clearly only read the headline oh yeah and there were also a few and that's what I find hilarious the the other thing that I found amusing because there were a couple of people that told me I was victim blaming because the headline and this is the great sort of revealing thing of media is that when you put your article into a newspaper or online you don't write the headline somebody else writes the headline it's somebody else's job in often to, to, to gin it up to make sure or you will read Click on it, exactly. And I get that and it served its purpose. But the headline ended up being, I feel empowered when guys touch my ass," which mm. wasn't exactly the point of the article. And again, just a little free giveaway for people. If yeah. ever you see a headline that has, you know, the single, single quotations, quotations. It's not a quote. It's bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely not. It up. looks like a quote, but it's not a quote. So there were people coming in that had obviously only read the headline. But the thing that I loved is when you sort of have a bit of a sniff around the internet and you see see that there are certain people who are planting it in the inboxes of the feminists who have, on you. Yeah, who have a real tendency yeah. to go things like this. So they put it in their inbox and give it a bit of a think you should write something on this or have you seen this? I think yeah. it deserves your outrage. And I just think don't go around planting little mini fires, you tiny, tiny moron. God love you. Get the guys up on the Paul and Rage Facebook page. So I'm having a little bit of an issue at home. Um, I have recently thought I was becoming a bit OCD. I've gone down to my garage a few times and noticed that the garage door was open. So I've decided that it's, you know, maybe opening in my bag. So I've started to get very, very particular about looking at my garage door when I close it. Not once, not twice, but three times. I'll often get up in the middle of the night and go down and check the garage. I'll often sort of walk up the street. To I my can da- solve that for you. Yes. <laughs> OCD. <laughs> like I can solve it. I think I'm becoming a little bit. When it's getting out of bed. 
Like, you know, generally sort of a bit of forgetfulness. But getting out of bed to check something, yeah, that's well, welcome to my world. My roommate has a window that sees my garage and I think I could probably say there were about 20 text messages on our uh, roommate feed where I've asked her if she could just get up and have a look out the window to see if the garage... It's an issue. Okay, now look, we, we, we don't want to tip anyone off here, but uh, is it because there is some gold bullion in there? No, it's just... Has something happened? It's just because there... I noticed it was open a couple of times, so now I've got it in my head that I'm knocking the, the buzzer and that this is what's happening. So I went for my usual morning walk the other day, and as I'm walking back past... What were you wearing? <laughs> um, tights. Can I, can I still do this joke after this week? <laughs> yeah, you can. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just, just checking. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, it's all right. We've been doing. We, we were doing this way before Chris Gale did yeah. it. Yeah, sexual <laughs> harassment as a as a gag was cool. He's totally stolen our act. <laughs> um, and now I realise I've been saying it to your mum. Yeah, you have exactly <laughs> by proxy. So um, I walked past the garage, and as I'm walking past the garage, the garage door goes up. Oh. Then it goes down again, then it goes up, down, up, down, and up again, and stays up. And I thought to myself, well, hang on a minute. I know that my garage door keys are sitting on my bench, not being touched. I haven't got them in my pocket. So it's, it's getting affected by it's, somebody's TV remote or something? Something is going on. Oh. So here I am thinking that my OCD has been caused because I'm thinking, oh, my God, I keep bumping the thing over. I when, reverse my diagnosis. Exactly. There is something serious here. Something serious, right? So I have called the, uh, the real estate agent and said... Oh, how mean, good. That's the best thing about renting. Can I, the one thing I miss most about renting Deferring. is all of my problems are just, mate, uh, there's uh, hot water spun. Yeah. Okay, see ya, clunk. <laughs> yeah. There is something wonderful about delegating in oh, this area. Oh, magnificent. That's for sure. So they've sent the old bloke round to come and have a look at my uh, roller door, which is unsurprisingly completely stuffed because despite dumping oodles of money into the strata fund, they never want to spend any oh, of the no, money. Oh, of course. Well, it's a rainy day. <laughs> oh, it's a rainy... What, what exactly. exactly are we waiting for the apocalypse? This is, is it. Is this when we're going to spend it? The garage next to ours, the piping in our building is old. I mean, it's, you know, really, really old. And the garage next to me flooded because the piping in their uh, garage completely busted. And they came in to check my piping and said, yeah, it's pretty much on the turn. That was six months ago and oh. they've still done nothing about it. And their response to me when I said, could you get done something about it quickly because I've got stuff stored and it was, you better get uh, home and contents. Oh, okay, oh, thanks. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Excellent. I appreciate that. So the guys come over, my garage door is stuffed and as a result, I've had to put it on manual and there's no key. Mm. So I've had to bring the door down. I've got stuff stored in there and it's not lockable. So do you know what I'm doing at the moment? I'm going through the process of opening and closing the door manually, which PS, if you live in Sydney in the last few days, has been a punish because it's f***ing torrential <laughs> downpour 24-7. Correct. But I am actually going to the trouble of pretending to insert a key, <laughs> pretending to turn that key. Well, just in case there's somebody who's been sitting opposite your unit in a binoculars or, oh, no, she's got a key. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. I feel... Like, just on the off chance. Because that's the bit that I am actually willing to diagnose, is that if you think people are watching you, that might be an area I of even, concern. I even pretend that I'm lifting it to check it's locked. <laughs> 
Because you know what they say. You know that oh. it's often people that you know, P. Okay. Murray, that, right. do, that commit these kind of heinous crimes. All right, crimes. okay, here's what you go and do, all right? <laughs> okay. You need to go down to Bunnings. You need to get, a, you know, a slide, a slide bolt and a padlock. Yeah. Okay? Yep. And you actually screw the damn thing onto the door, <laughs> okay. slam it and lock it. You don't think that the way to do it is with this elaborate pantomime? Well, on the behalf of 2.0, no. Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrach.com.au. Rach, if you were in jail... Yes. How far would you be willing to go to get out? Like, would you put yourself through sort of muck and grime, Shawshank Redemption style? Would you try to sort of dig your way out of war? Would you form a prison relationship with a guard who could leave the door open? What would you do? I refer you back to the earlier story in this podcast where I said I wouldn't even ask for a selfie with Santa <laughs> on my own phone and say that what I'm going to do is do my time and do it quietly. Yeah, everyone's going, look, Rach, they've left all the doors open. <laughs> yeah. Let's all get out of here. Oh, sorry, guys. I've just... still got another 25 years to go. Yeah, it's actually not a bad idea. Um, there's a bloke in Brazil. Mm-hmm. The way he has decided to try to escape was to jump into a communal toilet. <gasps> How did he... Oh! oh! The photo has just been shown to Rachel. Oh! Basically, you know those sort of pit toilets? He's jumped into one of those and he's sort of tried to dig his way through. Unsurprisingly, got a little bit stuck in a world of poop. Oh, Wow. Can we put that photo on our Facebook page? I don't know. How can they put that photo on the internet? Uh, Well, well, uh, as far as the internet goes. (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to Paul and Rach. I spend a good deal of time in Kingroy, as I was saying, with Mm. my cousins and my auntie and uncle who... You know when you have those moments when you spend time with family that you haven't seen in a long time and we all grew up together and spent a lot of Christmas together but because we're all over the country in different spots doing different things we've spent a lot of time apart and you know when you have those moments where you get back in the company of people and you go why the f*** haven't we done this before? Oh, it is one of the great experiences oh. to rediscover your cousins oh my as God. adults. Because, you know, there's that whole period of time where you've been dragged together by mum and dad. Yeah. There's the... And then we did, it was like about 10 years ago I had this epiphany of being able to hang out with my teenage cousins. It was awesome. For me, for so long, family was that obligation. Mm. You know, it's like that, oh, my God, and that whole idea of you don't choose your family. And I, spending time with these guys and their mum and dad, my aunt and uncle are just gems, I was honestly thinking to myself, oh, my God, I would choose every single one of you. Absolutely. You know, if, if we had just met in the street, I, I, I choo-choo-choose you. Choo-choo-choose you. Well, I've got to say, forgive me for, uh, for uh, going on a little side tangent here, but uh, this really strikes a chord with with me at the moment because uh, my cousin Gavin died in a car accident over the Christmas New Year period and he was part of that group of cousins that where we all kind of reunited and got to hang out again mm. together and the experience normally for us is Boxing Day so the big annual Boxing Day thing yeah okay it's about the parents but it's actually about the, the, the cousins all sort of hanging out so first things first massive shout out to Serena uh, Gavin's sister who has listened to every damn word of this podcast oh, and even uh, at, at his wake is telling me Funny stuff you've oh. said from three years. She's all in on this Thank show. You. We love you, darling. But perfect example of I'm so glad. Oh, you had the time. That we had the time yeah. to hang out as adults and knew each other as adults rather than just the compulsion. Yeah. Of oh, it, you it's, know. it's just magic. Love and you, Gav. I'm yeah. so, and mwah to Gav, I'm so excited at the fact now that I just want to spend a whole bunch of time and it's I've cool. got a whole bunch of time to, to spend in it. So it's thrilling. But the issue is. The, the great divide that happened when my mum left regional Queensland as a young girl 
was that she began the first little splintering of the city slickers versus the country kids. Oh, right. There is nobody else in my family who went to the city yeah. in that side of the family. So when you go back to the farm and these guys have been men of the land since the beginning of time, you realise how f***ing useless you become when you move to the city. Absolutely. The good people of the land who can fix fences, who can restart engines with a paperclip, God love you. When you're driving through the property and checking everything out and they can tell you the 19 different types of grasses Mm. that are in a one square kilometre sort of patch and you just think it's all grass. Or when you say to them, they're nice cows you've got out there and they say they're actually steers. Yeah, so how did the story go down about your garage door with you. <laughs> <laughs> Keep the guys up on the Paul and Rach Facebook page. Just a very quick one. No. Well, that was quick. <laughs> Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrach.com.au. I was having a look at the uh, life's little instructions. You know those things like the desiderata or whatever yeah, those yeah. things are, you know, the things that people have in their house <laughs> uh, that list off. And and one of them that I saw, um, you know, it's all these things like sing in the shower, treat everyone like you want to be treated, mm. watch a sunrise at mm. least once a year, no. leave the toilet seat in the down position. You know what, I'll leave it however the hell I want to. <laughs> Never refuse homemade brownies. Strive for excellence, not perfection. Plant a tree on your birthday. What, every year? (laughs) Every year. Learn three clean jokes. Why? (laughs) Return borrowed vehicles with the gas tank full. Compliment three people every day and never waste an opportunity to tell someone you love them. On and on and on and on and on it goes. Some of the things are good, but I just think that there should be one on sale that just says, life little instruction, don't be a (laughs) (laughs) Yes! You're listening to Paul and Rach. Oh, Rach. Now, we think that uh, there's some crazy in Australia. In America, we all know it's turned up to 17. Now, right-wing shock jock radio in Australia has nothing on right-wing shock jock radio in America. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was listening to a bloke called Glenn Beck last night. Oh, he is top of the tree crazy. Correct, correct. Oh. 20 minutes. 20 minutes of talk last night about why he thought that Barack Obama's tears about the gun victims were fake and he actually got into how they fake tears in theatre and he, he, he essentially sort of went through the vision and this is all over the internet this week, which is that in the theatre, apparently a little bit of Vaseline underneath the eyelid will cause it to weep. And if you watch the tape really closely, he's not crying until he touches his eye and then he can't stop crying, Rach. Perhaps it could be that he was standing with the father of a seven-year-old who got murdered. Mm. Like Perhaps it was because he was going, I'm the most powerful dude in the world, but I can't do anything. But seriously, the next time you hear someone hanging shit on Alan Jones or Ray Hadley or Neil Mitchell or God forbid me, for being a little bit too out there, mm. that shit is out there. You know, Glenn Beck, what he needs is the Rachel Corbett version of the Life's Little Instructions. Yes! Don't be a <laughs> Keep the guys up on the Paul and Rach Facebook page. And that's our little potty. Thank you very much for listening. Hey, thank you to anyone who's actually stuck with us and yes. subscribed all the way through it. The plan is pretty simple. One every week between now and the end of our lives. <laughs> 
That's always the plan, okay? That is that is how we start every week. We will do our best to deliver each and every week. And we know we get slaps on the hand yes. from the podcast world when we don't, but we will be here every week. We do appreciate you sticking through uh, what was an interesting and at times sad and difficult time over the last month, but we love that you're still here. Um, and we also love those of you who over the little break decided to give us a little five-star rating in iTunes and a message, and it's time for a bit of five-star shout-out. This is simple, and this is an idea that I guarantee, I guarantee somebody will rip off because it's just this good, <laughs> is if you want us to say hi to you on the podcast because you're a loyal fan, well, all you do is go on to iTunes, give us a five-star review, write the little g'day in there, and we'll say g'day to you back. And we love this when you get a little creative with your messages because this is like a conversation, you know? We like it to be a bit two-way. A big shout-out to Jeff from Adelaide, who has sent us the message. Love listening to you guys each week. Only thing I'd like is an explicit version so we can hear the goal behind the beeps. <laughs> Came across Rach with the Highway Patrol. Love the combination with Paul. This is an argument we get a lot. We're never going to stop with the beeps. We can't because, we can't. you know, as much as we'd love to, we have a world outside of the podcast. <laughs> Exactly. And, and and for us to earn the big bucks of this podcast, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can't do the unbeeped version. I'm not giving up this sweet, sweet cash. <laughs> uh, Dave L. 1979 said, loving the podcast, been listening for over a year and figured it was about time I finally got to writing a review. Great work, lots of laughs, and no. Rachel's story time is always a highlight. Given the trend of wearing activewear in inappropriate situations, would like to see yoga pants get a run as a safe word. Keep on flapjacking. Well, I think this might be given to you today. I think this will be our safe word today. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Dave. Uh, Braddy's ADL, love this. His title is Santa Claus. <laughs> Santa Claus! <laughs> he says, best Christmas present anyone could ever ask for. He's eagerly awaiting Santa Claus to come up through my drain pipe and cough in my ear. And I want a goddamn five-star shout-out. <laughs> I forgot about Santa Claus. <laughs> Honestly, Santa Claus, if you haven't listened to it, I can't even remember what podcast it was, but this was Paulie's interpretation of the beginning of Santa Claus when he began in the Netherlands or something yep. as the man who used to come up the drain pipe and cough in kids' ears. Santa Claus. Oh, wow. Thank you for remembering that, Brattles uh, ADL. You, and finally, Flapjack's 88. <laughs> I like that somebody's gone and registered that as a name. He has been very creative and actually written his review on behalf of three different people. Okay. The first one being Malcolm of Point Piper. <laughs> okay, yes. His quote is such an innovative startup podcast from these two young multi platform content providers. What a great time to be a mad reader. Thank you, Malcolm. Isn't that amazing? Very good. Second quote is from Ray of Piermont. Okay, be careful. <laughs> I'm assuming after Ray had a crack at me for ah, yes. making a comment on the Today Show that is also in one of our earlier podcasts. This is the best podcast I have never heard of. <laughs> Which, which I love dearly. Brilliant. And finally, from Alan, also of Piermont, oh. even though Alan is technically of Circular Key, I believe, Correct. in the old toaster. Correct. Quote, maybe Alan should uh, do this one himself. Oh, okay. They're very funny, these two. They could go as far as the eye could see if they cut out the and the and the 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 
and other words that weren't actually written as part of this review. Thank you, Flapjacks88, and all the rest of our lovely five-star shout-outs. God love you. Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrach.com.au. So we end, as always, with Rachel's story time, where we take a story from Picture Magazine. We put in different words to cover up the naughty bits because it's the internet and apparently there's only so much you can handle. <laughs> That's it. And today, of course, thanks to the delightful Dave L1979, who gave us a five-star rating in iTunes in our five-star shout-out. The safe word shall be yoga pants. Yoga pants. Yoga pants. Not Santa Claus, <laughs> <laughs> we have got to bring Santa Claus back in some way. Uh, all right, here we go. Today's... What is he coughing there? He I have no idea. That was one of those magical moments. You know that those are the moments I like you best when you're just on autopilot and you're making shit up as you go along. <laughs> just, 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 just rattle gun, something will hit. Give it a go and something will come out. All right, today's story is called Handy Andy. Oh, come on. I fix stuff for a living. I'm also single and do all right with the ladies, which definitely suits this job, I got a call to look at a dodgy dryer and was met at the door by a cute 40-something housewife. Of course you were. She was skinny with B-cups. I mean, usually they go for something larger yeah. if they're going to play it up, don't they? You know what? I, I don't mind a solid B. No, I think a B's I'm, I'm good. I'm quite into the athletic at the moment. Yeah, yeah. B's much better, I think. She was skinny with B-cup breasts that hung down like juicy pears. They wouldn't if they were B. Get nah, your facts this right. This is the problem. This is it. You've got to do your research, mate. Yeah. You know? Don't just go to Wikipedia. Do something a little bit more Hang in on, depth. Hang on. Does Wikipedia have an entry for B-cup I'm breasts? I'm sure they would. Right, I'm you sure keep they talking. Would. I'll, I'll okay. try and find it out. Uh, juicy pears, my favourite fruit. Oh. The repair only took 20 minutes and I was just pushing the dryer back into place when Donna came around the corner wearing not a stitch of clothing. Okay. <laughs> Wait a sec was all I got out before her hands were running all over my body. Oh, can you cement? <laughs> And her mouth was trying to latch onto mine. She gave me a long kiss. It was at this point that I decided to stop resisting. Mm. I wasn't going to ask about the state of Donna's marriage. (laughs) 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 When the horny, experienced spunk was busy pushing me against the wall, unbuttoning my work shirt and unzipping my strides, Mm. my overall smacked the floor, followed soon after by my boxer shorts. Donna got on her... Yep, and... Yoga pants? Yoga pants, and began yoga panting the yoga pants of my yoga pants. Next minute, she had yoga panted me, yoga pant, yoga pant. When I felt myself on the verge of yoga pants, wow. I withdrew my yoga pants and <laughs> sat Donna on the top of the dryer so I could yoga pan her yoga pant oh, and hold my fire. <laughs> After yoga panting her silly, I yoga panted her yoga pants and gave her everything I I had. Oh, I can't say that quote. She urged, so I did. Yoga pant and oh, yoga pant. Oh, lovely. It was the best yoga pant I'd had in years. I've been back several times to fix other stuff for Randy Donna. Oh, beautiful. And with that beautiful image in our heads, we'll see you next week. You're listening to Paul and Rach.